Sedano and LZ with you here on 710 ESPN. Thanks to Mama Momo for hanging out. Thanks to Aqib Talib who joined us earlier, fresh off retirement. Mm-hmm. And if you missed any part of the show, subscribe to the Sedano and LZ podcast on the ESPN app, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, wherever you find your podcast. All even at 104 between Boston and Toronto in overtime, 132 to go. Norman Powell hit a big three to tie the game and looks like he may go to the free throw line now to give Toronto the lead. Uh, UCLA's own Greg Bergman. I love me some Norman Powell. He is great. I never thought he'd be this good at the league, though. Uh, he he always had it. He showed flashes of it, and you like you'd watch him. He, he was kind of like Russell Westbrook at UCLA, where the things that he did, you're just like, wow, he's got so much talent and athleticism, and it just uh, like th- happens at UCLA all the time. You go pro, and all of a sudden you get way better. <laughs> It sounds like you're bitter based off that, uh, the way you said that. It's usually the way that it goes, especially when Steve Alford was your coach for a little bit. Yeah. Is this based off Aaron Aflalo trying to buy a team? Is this? Is this I did see that. I I have some Aflalo up questions there. How is he going to buy a team again? Did you just say Aflalo up questions? He yes, did. I did. No, it was very nice. cleverly done. Don't point it out, Greg. Just let it sit there and oh, simmer. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, you know he's going to be with a bunch of people, and and I haven't been keeping up. Uh, I have been following him, so I don't know what kind of financial investments <laughs> he's made. Uh, I don't know if he's like you know quietly you know like a hedge fund guy now. I don't know. He might be. You never know. He could have invested very well. He made a lot of money in the league. Yeah, he did. Yeah. So yeah, he did. He I mean, player. look, Derek Derek Jeter owns uh, is an owner with the Marlins, and he only invested like five million dollars. And he's yeah. like running the team, so you never we, know. We call that an okie doke in the business. Yeah, Laura says only five million for a baseball team. It cost one point two billion. I know, but you know us uh, non-millionaire people. <laughs> that's well, a lot. None of us. I'm not a millionaire either, but I'm just saying, like that. If you look at if you if you look at what it costs to buy the team, one point two billion. He only put in five. He's running the damn thing, and he calls himself an owner. Yeah, yeah. That, well, that's what happens when you know you're the toast of New York for so long, right? right. Everybody he, wants a piece of you. He literally said, "I got five on it," except it was million, but still, it felt like you know, it's just like, I don't know. Five for the rest of us. If it only costs five million to buy a team, Laura, like half of Wu-Tang claim would like own like the NFL or something like that. (laughs) That's true. You're not wrong. Oh, man. So uh, 106-104 Toronto, 19.6 seconds left. We'll keep you up to date on what's going on there. LZ, with the Lakers and Rockets. So we're going to expect some sort of adjustment here. What do you think Mike D'Antoni will do here? Does he just say the hell with it and goes even smaller and just tightens the rotation even further because, I, I mean, I guess he could go six men, right, in this situation because there's not – I mean, he's got Austin off the bench, and who else have I, am I missing? I guess Daniel House, right, is part of that. Ben McLemore. Um, yeah, I, I, I could see him going six or seven guys potentially against the Lakers, though I don't know if that's the right thing to do if you're them. Well, the thing that's been consistent in terms of a key to the Lakers' success has been the doubling of James Harden. Yeah. So if I'm Mike, I'm looking at ways to get James the ball on the move. Right. Make so that means you got to put the ball in Russ's hands. Make put the ball in Russ's hands, and get James to come off some screens. Yeah. And get the ball in his hands in scoring positions on the move. Make it difficult for the defense to kind of zone in on him, if you will. Yeah. And and I would also, honestly, I would LeBron. I would James Harden. LeBron James. I would double him. Just say anybody but him. Anybody but him, including AD. Because when LeBron has the ball in his hands, the entire team is at his mercy. 
if he can get it out of his hands, at least only AD's guide who's guarding him is at his mercy. It's not the entire team, right? Yeah. I mean, those would be adjustments I would make if I was Mike D'Antoni. But um, Mike doesn't prove to have been one to make really good adjustments in watching him over the years. He just believes what he does works if if we do it right in terms of execution. Yeah. So my guess is that he probably thinks it's an execution issue more so yeah. than a, a game plan or scheme issue. I think yeah. it's a scheme issue, but, yeah. you know, we'll see. Yeah, we'll have to see. I mean, you're right. He's a bit stubborn historically. Uh, and I, I know I've been in those conver- in those situations where I've had to ask him about something in-game, and uh, he can get a little snarky. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and he's a n- generally a nice man, but yep. uh, in, in those situations he can get a little, little, little snippy. Well, he doesn't want you calling him out on his ish on national TV, George. That's, that's basically I know, what, but that's, sometimes that's the job. You know what I mean? Like, it ain't easy. Um, I mean, yo, I don't want to do it, but it's like, yo, dog, you leave me no choice. Yo, Mike, LeBron just dropped 30 in your head in 15 minutes. You think you want to double him? How dare you, George Sedano, ask me a question like that? Yeah, he just he, – I like when he rolls he, – he'll roll his eyes at me and stuff. I do – I – it's funny because low-key Pop gets a lot of grief for those interviews. And look, yeah. Pop is – he don't like playing. to do them. And he, but he's, he's definitely – he's yeah. leaning in for sure. Yeah. Um, but Mike is just gets – Mike, we forget Mike D'Antoni is almost 70 years old, okay? Right. He, uh, he just doesn't got time for this. He's like, you know what? You're not me. You shouldn't be questioning me. <laughs> but he just does it in a slightly more flip – he does it in a flippant way, which doesn't come across mean. Is what I right. would say. I, I I credit his um his accent. Yeah. You know. Oh yeah, he, it's so disarming. Yes. It's very no very question. disarming. He's undressing you, but because of the accent, it sounds as if <laughs> you know he's complimenting you. It's yeah. like you know dealing with someone with like a British accent. You yes. Know, they sound brilliant, even though they're saying something stupid. You really Correct. have to read what they're saying because if you just listen to him, it's like going, "Oh my God, he's so smart." Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um. So if you're Vogel, do you just you keep you know, Ramona kind of made a funny joke about the Lakers realized they were bigger than them uh, and just taller than them. Do you just keep hammering this thing? Do you even play JaVale McGee? I, I wouldn't. Um, I would just tell him and Dwight, like, listen, you guys know what it is. You're veterans. You're smart. JaVale, you won championships yeah. playing this way. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to do what's best for us in terms of success and not in terms of your feelings. So JaVale would get it just like Dwight has gotten it. Yeah. Um, I would start Morris, and I would keep it moving. Uh, Laker boy, you like Markeith Morris to start? I actually like the way that they're playing Markeith right now. I would still start JaVale to, at the beginning of the game, but at the, in the second half, I would definitely go with Morris. I want to see what you can do with having that height out there with with uh, JaVale at the beginning, but then once if it's not working like it hasn't been for the first three games, then I would go to Morris. So you got three games in, it's not working, and your solution is to try I, again? I, I, what because you, I, Mike D'Antoni <laughs> radio? No, I still, I still hell, believe man? because that's the way that they like to start games. And I, I'm it, sometimes they start slow, but it doesn't matter. Like, they still have that. If you can get it to work because he, it's open. That right, lob so, so, dunk is open all the time. All right, so here's what I'm going to need then. You know, because you're not 1,000% wrong, but this is what I'm going to need. <laughs> you're just 999% <laughs> right, wrong. Right. If, 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 if JaVale was looking at the basket, then I would love him to start. But what's happening is, is that he is so quick to defer to LeBron and AD on offense that he's literally being guarded by, like, I don't know, Eric Gordon, for instance, right? 
who he's like a solid foot taller than. And instead of diving into the basket and trying to post it right at the rim where he can get an easy pass and layup, he's actually floating out in the perimeter somewhere, clearing space for LeBron. And I'm like, well, listen, if you're not going to play to your advantage, then you shouldn't play. Your advantage is your height. You have a point guard or a shooting guard on you. If you're not going to take that little man into the basket and dunk on him, why are you out there? So that's the only reason why I'm like, you know, start Marquise Morris because at least Marquise Morris because at least I know he's going to be offensive minded. I can't have JaVale out there not being very effective on the defensive end and a non-fact on the offensive end. It's a waste of roster spots and minutes. Yeah. I mean, I see what you're saying. I also, but I still like to see what he can do defensively, especially with James Harden, like cutting through two guys and getting to the basket untouched over and over again. Where if you have JaVale over there on the other side of the block, like LeBron was, and coming across and getting a block there or, or disrupting the shot, it could, it's, it's there for him. So if he can actually do those things, then I think you can see he's only in for five minutes in the first half anyway. Like it's, let's see what he got for those five minutes. If it's not working, take him out, get him out of there. I'd rather those minutes go to J.R. Smith. Oh, no, no. J.R.'s in street clothes, him we, and Dion. Yeah, we don't need to see uh, any more J.R. Smith. We've seen I enough J.R. Smith. I want to see what he got. He was in, in the last game, and you saw him get blown by multiple times. It happens. <laughs> it happens. He was, listen, he was getting blown by by James Harden, who's like led the league in scoring the last 20 years. So, whatever. That, I'm not going to ridicule him because one of the greatest scorers to ever pick up a basketball scored on him. Right, but what else is he doing? He's not he's not a very good defender. He's not hitting threes, then he is, has no use. Yeah, he just, he just looks at key. You know what he looks like? He looks like a guy who hasn't played basketball in 18 months. Right. That's what it is. That's what he looks like. Right. Break glass in case of emergency. All right. Wait, what's Wait, who just won? I wasn't paying attention. No, double overtime. Oh hell. Yeah. Double overtime. Hell. Between the Celtics and Raptors, so nobody has won yet. We got another another five minutes of free basketball. Nobody wants to play the Lakers. They'd rather just keep playing overtimes. Yeah. Yeah. Assuming, of course, that the Lakers, you know, finish the job. And I don't, I, you know, I'm feeling really bullish about facing the Clippers for some reason. I, I just feel like the Lakers have been playing better in, in the bubble and that they figured out something that works. You know, we've been waiting for a consistent third score, and they've been winning by just having a rotisserie of scores. LZ, if you've got fantasy football questions, line it up. 877-710-ESPN. Our buddy Jamie Eisenberg, CBS Sports Fantasy Football expert, is going to join us. We will chat with him for a few minutes. So if you want uh, to get in, 877-710-ESPN, or tweet us at Sedano for myself, at LZ Granderson for LZ, and we will pass along the questions. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Sedano and LZ with you here on 710 ESPN. 30 minutes to go. The LAFC will be in action tonight. We will have that for you immediately following the show. No crosstalk, no Scott Kaplan show tonight. 
Uh, as I mentioned, if you want to hop aboard, you got fantasy football questions, you can do so by dialing 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Or you can tweet us at Sedano, at LZ Granderson, or you can tweet our next guest, Jamie Eisenberg, CBS Sports fantasy football expert. You can tweet him at Jamie Eisenberg. Uh, Jamie, thank you for stopping by, brother. Uh, good to talk to you again. Let me ask you this. Good to talk to you as well. Yes, sir. Uh, so, Mike Evans, questionable. If he doesn't play, what do you do? Um, what, where do you go there for points uh, if you are trying to find the receiver hole with the Bucks Or fill a receiver hole well, with the Bucks? Sorry. Um, I mean, obviously you're not going to replace somebody of his caliber at this juncture, but there are some guys that could be available on the waiver wire that have some interesting matchups if they're still maybe undrafted. Anthony Miller would be the first guy probably going for the third-year receiver for the Bears. He beat up the Lions in, in the last season last year, and he's going to have a big role this year. He's probably on the high end of guys that, that may be available. Um, but then I look at maybe some of the rookie wide receivers. Uh, LaVista Chenault for the Jaguars. I like the setup for him. Uh, and that's the same game, Paris Campbell, uh, second-year wide receiver for the Colts. He could have a good opportunity. Van Jefferson's been making some, some nice headlines for the Rams. Um, you know, that game could be a shootout with the Cowboys. Um, you know, the, the, it's, it's slim pickings when you get to this point. Uh, and if you're just looking for maybe a guy in the, in the Bucks to get a piece of that game, Scott Miller's had a nice training camp, and he would get elevated, you know, as, as the second receiver opposite Chris Codwin. But um, that, that secondary for the Saints is no joke, and, and Mike Evans is going to have a hard time making plays. So I don't know if I'd want to go the Bucks route. But the first guy I'd look for is Anthony Miller and maybe Paris Campbell and LaVisca Chenault. Let me ask you this about uh, the Bucks, Because Brady, if you look at the numbers week four and beyond, and granted, different team, different weapons, I get all that, different coach different system, but his stats equal that of Mitchell Trubisky from week four through week 17 last year. What can we expect from Brady? Like, it, like, what is the expectation for Tom Brady from a fantasy standpoint? The expect, you know, it's, I'll, I'll reference it to a, a, a coach player scenario. Uh, so Clyde Edwards Hilaire goes to the Chiefs. All of a sudden, we're telling you to draft him as a first-round pick. It's not so much Edward Solaire as it is Andy Reid and what he does for his running back. In this case, while Tom Brady is the GOAT from an NFL perspective, and he's in the conversation of the Mount Rushmore for fantasy quarterbacks, uh, this is about Bruce Arians. And so Arians getting Tom Brady with those wide receivers in the system puts him back in the conversation as a number one fantasy quarterback. So, um, you know, you got to buy in a little bit to a 43-year-old guy and, and you know, changing teams in an in a offseason that – was non-existent with no preseason, so you don't have any chance to see what it actually looks like aside from the videos that were tweeted from practice. But I think, you know, the hope would be is that Jameis Winston got 5,030 out of that offense. Um, Tom Brady could probably get 44, 4,500, and, and 28 to 30 as well. So that's what you're hoping for. But, you know, if Mike Evans is going to miss the time, that's not going to be a good situation uh, because Chris Godwin and Rob Gronkowski, even at 31 years old, aren't going to get it done. You know, Brady aside, and obviously he's in a new spot, but there are a lot of new quarterbacks in new places. Um, can you give us one QB in a new spot we should avoid and one QB in a new spot we should be looking at? The one I, I would avoid, you know, you're, you're going to chase the name of Phillip Rivers, uh, who's been, you know, good for many, many years. And last year was, was obviously disappointing, which is why the Chargers have moved on. Uh, the offensive line is fantastic for the Colts, and, and he steps into a situation with, you know, very good weapons around him if T.Y. Hilton is healthy and, you know, Terrence Campbell, Michael Pittman. 
But I think we saw the MO of that team last year. They're going to run the ball. Uh, the addition of Jonathan Taylor, I think, is going to be significant. So Rivers will have some good moments. I think this week will be one against the Jaguars. But I don't want to buy into him as a guy that I could trust from a fantasy perspective. And then I'll take the guy who's replacing him as a new guy. You know, I know he's not changing teams, but he's the new starter. And that's Terod Taylor, um, you know, a guy who uh, has had some good moments. Um, you know, we like quarterbacks who run. And so the opportunity for him to, you know, step into this situation, I'd like to see a healthy Mike Williams along with it. But uh, Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry, two new offensive linemen. Austin Eckler is a great weapon out of Nashville. So um, I'm cheating a little bit because he didn't switch teams. But, uh, you know, he's getting a chance to start for the first time in, in two years. And, you know, I think this, was, this scenario will go better than the last time when he was replaced by Baker Mayfield in Cleveland. Jamie Eisenberg, CBS Sports fantasy football expert with us here on Sedano and LZ on 710 ESPN. You could tell I've been out of practice. I, the first question has always traditionally been, Jamie Eisenberg, tell me your start of the week and your sit of the week. Yeah, uh, no, no more sit of the week, but I'll give you a guy to avoid. Uh, it's Amari Cooper. Um, Jalen Ramsey locked him up last year in week 15, and I think it's going to be tough for Cooper again. He's, he's healthy, thankfully, with uh, that, I guess, hamstring injury that was bothering him, kept him out of practice. But I don't want to trust him with, uh, you know, Dak Prescott having other ways to go. Uh, with C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, Blake Darwin, uh, I think Ramsey's going to take away Cooper. It's going to be tough for him. But the start of the week is Josh Allen. Um, I think we're going to see a guy come into his own as a passer. Uh, he was very good as a rusher the last couple of years. But the addition of Stephon Diggs is going to be big. Uh, great matchup against the Jets. And I think he's going to take apart that defense at home as the Bills try to establish themselves as the best team in the AFC. Talking about defenses for a little bit, when you're looking from week to week, I don't mean just this week, but week to week, outside of opponent, what's the biggest factor you have in terms of determining who you're going to start defensively as a team's defense? You know, I think you look for, you know, offensive line weaknesses, whether it's injuries or just a, a unit that's been struggling, you know, in some cases some inconsistent performances. You know, you look for obviously, uh, you know, a quarterback that could potentially have some turnover, you know, uh, potential. Um, that's always, you know, going to be big. And I think the biggest thing with, with fantasy, I think that people overlook, and it's not just defenses, but it factors in, is I always go to the the Vegas total. You know, so if Vegas is telling you that the game's going to be low scoring, it probably does that the defenses are going to play a part. So um, in the case of Josh Allen tied in, the one drawback I do have is that the over-under for the Jets-Bills game is low, but I think that has a lot to do with the, the Jets' offense more so than it does the Bills. So you have to obviously pick it apart a little bit. But when you see a low over-under, you know that it's not going to be a high-scoring affair. Conversely, a defense that I would avoid this week in particular is the Rams. And we know that they have great players with Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and, you know, traditionally a good system. I know it's a different coordinator this year without Wade Phillips, but um, that over-under between the Cowboys and the Rams is, you know, north of 50. Uh, I'm going to stay away from the Rams defense this week. Jamie Eisenberg, CBS Sports fantasy football expert with us here. Let's go to the phones, 877-710-ESPN if you want to hop aboard. If you have a question, we'll sneak in a couple here real quick. Uh, Carl in L.A. Carl. Oh, Carl is gone. Sorry about that. Uh, Jamie, I have a question here real quick. Sure. In regards to drafts, what what was the biggest surprise that you guys saw at CBS Sports with drafting, something that stood out to you? You know, I, I think from a positive standpoint, it wasn't the, the rush to get quarterback, you know, despite having a, a lot of big names at the top. Um, you know, the first two guys still went early in Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. It, it, it's hard to tell people to get out of that mindset when you see, you know, the guy that just won the Super Bowl MVP and is a year removed from 5,050 and then Lamar Jackson when, you know, some people are saying, well, I'm getting a quarterback and a running back because he just had 1,000 yards rushing. No, you're getting one player, so just have to take that into account. Um, but it's hard to get people away from you know chasing those guys. But I, I was pleasantly surprised that there wasn't the rush to get that next group of guys early of Prescott 
Watson, Russell Wilson, and Kyler Murray. You know, those guys fell past round three. You know, they still went early, a little too early for my liking, but, you know, it's, it's the fact that those guys didn't go in the first two rounds was a little bit encouraging. So you haven't mentioned the Raiders, and apparently there are fans of this team. <laughs> is, is there any value to them, either offensively or defensively, in fantasy? Or should, should you just tell them, just enjoy them as an NFL team and don't look for anything in terms of helping you in terms of a fantasy team? No, the Raiders are a are, are very good you know, uh, a team to find you know, destination for fantasy options. Uh, Josh Jacobs is one of my favorite players this year, one of my favorite you know, uh, running backs to draft. Um, I think he's a first-round pick if you're still doing your drafts, and uh, that, that's even in you know leagues where you get a point per catch because you know he says he wants 60 catches. I think if he can get anywhere close to 40 and, and above, he's going to be in the in the conversation for a top five guy because he was on pace last year to be top four in carries, top three in rushing yards. He would have been right there with Derrick Henry and, and Nick Chubb. So it's an underrated offensive line, and I think he's going to be fantastic. Uh, I like the young receivers a lot. Um, Henry Ruggs, I think, is going to be fun, you know, depending if the Raiders use him the right way. Brian Edwards is a guy, you know, to tie back in your first question, George, if Edwards is available, that's a guy I go look for also. I should have mentioned him. I apologize. Um, and then Hunter Renfro benefits because of Tyrell Williams being out because now he can slide back into being the slot guy as opposed to maybe being the fourth receiver. So I like all three of those guys. And then we saw last year Darren Waller was a star. So he's still a top five tight end. So a lot of good fantasy options for the Raiders. And if you're looking at it, for those of you that like to play DFS, uh, you know whatever site you tune, they're a great play this week because that Panthers defense is bad. And so the Raiders, I think, get off to a good start. Uh, you know, how often do we see the Raiders as a road favorite in Week One? It doesn't happen very often, but they're gonna, you know, have a chance to beat the Panthers. I think. One more question for you, Jamie Eisenberg, CBS Sports Fantasy Football Expert. You and I play in a fantasy league against each other. Uh, I play in another league where you don't play, so I'm going to ask you advice on that league. I have one flex position available, and my two best options are Zach Moss, the rookie running back from the Buffalo Bills, who probably will be the short yardage uh, red zone guy, or Hunter Henry, the tight end for the L.A. Chargers. Which one would you go with? Is it non-PPR or PPR? Non-PPR, traditional. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Yeah, I, I would probably go Zach Moss there. I like both guys a lot. You know, I think we're going to see, especially with Mike Williams banged up, uh, the secondary for the Bengals is a mess, so Hunter Henry should have an opportunity for a good game. But I think the Bills really like Zach Moss. And, you know, we'll see that the strength of the Jets' defense right now is still their run defense with Quentin Williams and the guys they have up front. But I do think that the Bills are going to be playing with the league. So uh, Moss, to me, is somebody that has really sneaky upside. Um, you know, we'll see what they do with Devin Singletary, how those guys operate. But, I give a slight lean toward Moss just in the fact that you're playing in, in a non-PPR league. I will say, though, George was very poor draft etiquette because we were doing our draft while you were doing your other draft, and you start asking me about players that haven't been drafted yet. And, of course, I'm going to be the nice guy and answer your questions. But, you know, now everybody's like, oh, this guy's somebody I should keep an eye on. I didn't take Chase, Chase Edmonds like three rounds before I wanted to because we were talking about him <laughs> well before the draft started. All right. 
Well, you know, sorry. You should have just told me to can it, and that's it. You could have te- you, you could have said, "I'll text you," and that would have been that would have been easier. We did it on Zoom, uh, so uh, you know, there was that. Uh, Jamie Eisenberg, friend of the program, CBS Sports fantasy football expert, and clearly a lot more patient with me than most people. Uh, appreciate it, brother. Thank you so much for the time. We'll talk soon. You know, take care, buddy. All right, see you. There he is, Jamie Eisenberg. All right, coming up next, LZ. Actually, you want us to stay here to see how this game ends? There's only 11 seconds left. Well, I'm still scratching my head that you were cheating in fantasy football. I was not cheating. I was asking. It sounds like cheating. No, I was asking the fantasy football expert about my other league that he is not in. While you're in a draft with your fantasy football expert. Correct, but a separate draft. I was doing both drafts at the same time. But it sounds as if you were taking information that he had given you and then still used it in turn with the draft that you were No, no, I did not. I did not. I didn't take the Chase Edmonds guy uh, that he want, from Arizona that he wanted me to take. I, I took him in the other draft. I'm going to contact Bob Woodward and see if there's any audio of this. <laughs> there is a Zoom call. I don't know if it was recorded. Okay. Uh, so there is five seconds left. Let's just stay here. Can we stay here, Laura? Yeah, yeah go ahead. Yeah. Greg? Okay. Yeah, there's five seconds left. Norman Powell, UCLA's own, is trying to ice this game. And he gives the Toronto Raptors a three-point lead, 125 to 122. Uh, I will not give play-by-play, Greg, because I will not get you in trouble. But I will tell you that Jason Tatum is inbounding the ball with a deep pass, uh, Christian Leitner style, to Marcus Smart, who missed a three. And uh, there is now half a second remaining Toronto ball. And it looks like this will be headed to a game seven. Rayshon Rondo's not coming through that door, Boston. What did you say, Greg? I was saying, LZ, what did you call it? It was step by step. It wasn't play by play. Step by step. Correct. Right. Correct. And I I did give it a few seconds to breathe. It wasn't like I was literally doing at the exact moment. Um, So there you have it. So let me get this straight. Mm -hmm. There's five seconds left. Mm Mm-hmm. And they throw a the pass to who? To Marcus Smart. And how many points were they down? Three. And so he needed to shoot a what? A three. Brad Stevens should be fired. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, Marcus Smart just hit a monster three for them just a few just a minute ago. Bruh. Come on. Come on. Well, George. he was actually stepping on the line too, so it wouldn't have been three anyway. <laughs> come on, George. Out of all your options, the only thing that's worse than this, the only thing that would have been worse than that option was what that mess that they pulled, what was it? Was it Toronto? I bet you I bet you if I had to guess, Brad Stevens called that play, and there, sh- there should have been almost like a hook and ladder type play. Yeah, uh, to Kimba. To someone else trailing the, the pass yeah. to then shoot a wide open three. If I had to guess, somebody missed their assignment there. It, it looked as if it was supposed to have been swung over to Kimba. Right. It was slightly trailing and would have been shooting a wide open three. But Marcus said, I got this, coach. Right. He pulled the Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> I got this. And I remember the play now. It was actually Oklahoma City yeah. against the Houston Rockets. Mm-hmm. And they were down, I guess, three or whatever. And they threw the ball in with like two seconds left to Steven Adams right at the three-point line. And I was like, so what did you think was going to happen if Steven caught that ball? Yeah. <laughs> By the way, like, you see Nick Nurse and Kyle Lowry going at it because Nick Nurse wants to call a timeout with half a second to make sure they get the inbound in properly. And Kyle is yelling at him, no, no, no. And Nick basically told, God bleeping darn it, you better call room. timeout. He said, go to your room. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. There was like real, real like angst there between the two. Kyle's I don't think, still mad. Yeah. 
Well, I don't think Nick cares. No, of course By the not. way, the Clippers are destroying the Nuggets right now, 24 to 9 in the first quarter. So I'm assuming Jamal Murray hasn't scored a point yet. Uh, might not be the case. Yeah, I, felt, I told you earlier today when we were talking, I thought the Clippers would beat them up tonight. I, I get the feeling, and I don't know if you feel this way, that the Lakers and Clippers are always one-upping each other in the bubble. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like Kawhi gets the big blocks, LeBron goes out and gets four and a quarter, and like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. It looks like this is over. Wait, no? Did, yeah, did it's over. All right. We're done. So, right Toronto point? forces a game seven after a double overtime win there. All right. We're going to take a break. We're back in 90 seconds. LZ and I are going to make our NFL predictions uh, for this season, we're going to do that because the first game is tomorrow, and we won't be on tomorrow, LZ, because of the Laker game. So we got to knock those out. We're going to predict the seven playoff teams in each conference. Ooh, it looks like there's going to be a scrap here between uh, Marcus Smart and Norman Powell at the end of this game. They're pulling them apart. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Marcus still talking to UCLA zone. What do you say about that, Greg Bergman? Oklahoma State versus UCLA. Uh-oh. I'm taking the UCLA guy. Go, go Bruins. Yeah. Uh, I, all right. I, I want to see. I want to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to see definitely Fred Van Vliet versus Marcus Smart. That's the fight I want. All right. We got a break for traffic. I forgot poor Karen Kay's been sitting there for seven minutes yelling, probably telling me to get the hell off the off the air. Karen no. Kay, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I enjoyed the step-by-step. That was awesome. <laughs> Good step-by-step. That was really cool. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Sedano and LZ with you here on 710 ESPN. Final segment, we got LAFC coming up. Who's LAFC playing tonight? Real Salt Lake. Ah, Real Uh, Salt Lake, the racist owner team. No, he's putting the team up for sale. Oh, he's selling it? Yeah, he's de-racifying it. <laughs> Clippers leading big, 16 points, 26 to 10. Good Lord, Denver scored 10 points in the first quarter? They're very predictable offense, man. Man, it's, it's 12. It's now 12 because Michael Porter Jr. hit a shot. There you go. All right, 12 in the first. Still not not good, Bob. Nope. Yeah. Not Not good at all. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, LZ, before we move on, and you guys tell me when I have the break because I have no idea when we don't have crosstalk what you want me to do. Uh, but, LZ, I, uh, before we get into our NFL predictions, and Laura, if you can find me some NFL music, that would be great. Uh, would you like to take a guess? Um, the Daily Meal, you know I love that site. Mm-hmm. The Daily Meal has a list of the most grilled recipes in every state the most top search grilling recipes in every state would you like to guess what california's was uh burgers no definitely not 
right. Uh, I'll, my, I'll, I'll let you take one more guess. Then my second choice would be chicken wings. That would also be incorrect. Greg, would you want to take a guess? Uh, hot dogs. Nope, that's incorrect. Laura. Okay, should I tell you the real answer or should I just make it? Okay, I'll, I'll just tell you the real answer. It was salmon. Yeah, salmon. I, I'm disappointed in California. What? I mean, salmon, salmon is delicious. I mean, it is good, mm-hmm. but come on now. Wait, hold up. The number one grilled meat is salmon? Yeah, in California. It's not even considered a meat. It's poultry. It's, well, no, it's fish. Um, but it's, uh, it is, no, it's the top search grilling recipes in every state. So it could be anything. For example, uh, like, I'll give you an example. Uh, Alabama. Take a guess, Elsie. Alabama. Uh, on the grill. On the ri- I'm going to go with ribs. Pork chops. You're close. You're All not right. that far away. Um, Alaska. Salmon? Lamb chops, but you're, that was a good guess. Wait, lambs in Alaska? They got lambs. I don't know anything about geography. Keep going. <laughs> now, this one I don't know if I buy. Arkansas. Uh, I'm going to say raccoon. Raccoon. You guys have never eaten coon before? No, never. Oh, man. Never that's did a, it cross my mind to eat a, a raccoon. That's you, a southern thing. I've had so much raccoon, I'm surprised I don't have a, like a little bushy tail. <laughs> it's actually grilled asparagus, which I don't believe. Okay, that's garbage. Yeah. I don't believe in Arkansas. Garbage. They're having grilled asparagus. No, Colorado. Having, now, this one makes more sense. Colorado. Um... Vegetable. Bison burgers. Vegetable, vegetable. Oh, vegetable? Um, is it also asparagus? Zucchini. Why I does that make more sense? I don't understand this country. Well, Colorado, you know. It's, it's, why are you looking up a zucchini res- recipe for the grill? Yeah, I don't know either, but anyway. Hold uh, on. But, why, does, why does it make sense to have zucchini in Colorado? Because there's healthy people there. People I mean, hike, people do now. stuff. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a very healthy state. Yeah. We're healthy in California. Right. I know, but salmon is also healthy. Should have been mm-hmm. carne asada. I'm very disappointed. <laughs> you know saying. what? I was going to say carne asada, but I don't think there's enough of it being grilled up north. In Northern California? Yeah. Oh, I think so. Yeah. There's plenty of Mexicanos, man, in Northern California. I didn't say it wasn't. I just said I didn't think it was enough people grilling their carne asada up there. Well, see, I know this because, because the I weather ju- situation, you know? I just recently saw a um, – one of those Guy Fieri shows that he was doing a tailgate thing, and he went to – he's a big Raiders fan. He went to a Raiders game uh, pre-pandemic, obviously, and there was a lot of carne asada there hmm. on the grill. Carne asada. That, uh, that surprises me. Almost as much as you guys laughing at the idea that people eat barbecue raccoons. Yeah. Uh, Laura, give me my NFL music back. <laughs> we, LZ, yes, it is time for NFL predictions. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Okay. Who will win the NFC West? Uh, the Niners. Okay. Okay. I agree that the Niners will also win the NFC West. Who will win the NFC East? Ah, uh, this one gets tricky because no team ever wants to win it. So <laughs> Yeah, it really does feel that way. Um, I'm going to go with the Cowboys. Me too. Begrudgingly, Be- you saw, you heard it in my voice, right? Yes. Like begrudgingly, but like, I am with you. Begrudgingly, I'm also picking the Cowboys, mostly because I trust their wide receiving core more than I trust the Eagles. That's pretty much what it boils down to. Um, NFC North, this one's tough, actually. 
Uh, it's not tough for me. I'm going to go with the Packers. See, I would have gone with the Vikings, but they lost one of their best pass rushers today. Um, so well, I'm – I, I don't want to bet against Aaron, man. Um, well, I, but, well, I didn't. That's yeah, how I'm, I'm, not gonna, I'm with you. Okay. NFC South. Now we're talking. Now this is tough. Um, let's see. I am going to go with the Saints. I'm going to go with Tommy Terrific and the Bucks. All right. I'm going to go with Tommy Terrific and the Bucks. You go uh, with the hype. Wild card. Three teams in the NFC. Who are your three wild card teams? Uh, Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Rams. Mm-hmm. Bucks. I have Rams. Uh-huh. I have uh, Vikings. Uh-huh. And I have Saints. Those are my three wild cards. Ooh, teams. no Seahawks, huh? No Seahawks. Wow. No Seahawks this year. Don't let Key hear you say that. Okay. Uh, I know. He loves them. All right, AFC East, who wins? AFC East, I'm going with the Patriots. Ooh, I'm going with the Bills. Uh, NFC, AFC North. AFC North, I'm going with the Ravens. Me too. AFC South. Ah, uh, South, I'm going to go with the, the rich guy down there in, in Texas. Yeah, Houston Texans, I'm with you on that, even though the division stinks. AFC West. This was tricky. I'm going to go with the Chargers. I believe in Coach Lynn. What? No, I, I believe in the, Coach Lynn. I'm going with the Chiefs. Who are your three wildcard teams? Uh, Chiefs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Colts. Okay. And Steelers. Okay, I've got Steelers. I've got uh, – Chargers, and I've got the Titans. Uh, those are my three. All right, we're done here. LZ, excellent work as always. Thanks to Greg. Thanks to Laura. Thanks to Ramona. Thanks to Jamie Eisenberg. And thanks to Aqib Tlaib. LAFC is up next. Have a great night. We'll talk to you on Friday.